So today on Tell Me What to Say, I welcome you to a, what could be called a variation on the theme. And as some of you may know, I have begun to do the work that I do, forming a a cohort, if you will, with a new colleague. His name is Ari Kaplan. And Ari and I want to try something today so that you can get to know him a little bit uh, and that we can try to, of course, do a, a dialogue rather than have you go through one of my monologues again. Don't worry, more of those are coming. But I would like to uh, introduce Ari, somebody that I have known for a very long time in a, in a few different ways and has been an immediate and a substantial contribution to certainly what I'm endeavoring to do in the world. So Ari, uh, welcome. Thanks. Excited to be on this side of the microphone. That's right. That's right. Yes, you have been. People don't know. It It wouldn't have been noted, obviously, on Stitcher or Overcast or anything, but Ari has been the uh, technical, if you will, the executive producer from the editing to the music to everything is all been at Ari's hands. So that's uh, thus the reference to him being on this side of the of the of the microphone. And let's see how how he does. So I have a question, Ari. Um, it, it, let's be clear: the reason that we're doing this podcast on this topic, which we're going to get into is based on a conversation that you had with a potential client. So tell me again, and of course the the listeners, about that conversation. Yeah, about a couple weeks before this most recent uh, set of lockdown restrictions in Los Angeles County, sat down with this person uh, and had some coffee, and for about an hour and a half, She detailed every single thing that had been going wrong in her company for about the past eight months, just dysfunction in communication, toxicity of these different relationships, and she really articulated these things clearly, really clear understanding of what went wrong and what she didn't like about the situation. And then at the end of that hour and a half, she just takes a huge exhale and goes, so what's the blueprint? Right. And what when she said when she said blueprint, what what did you believe she was asking for? Oh, it was clear. She wanted to be told what to do. She wanted to know that I heard everything she was talking about, that I saw the same problem she saw, and that I could just tell her how to handle it and how to move forward. Right. Right. And when, when you told me that, uh, and I believe I shared this with you, when you told me about the blueprint conversation, that very quickly made me think of, you know, the old saying about if I had a dollar for every time, uh, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me uh, to be able to come to an organization and, uh, and help people uh, find some tools. So now, as, as we commiserated, We've got uh, different organizations asking and being curious about not only tools, uh, which obviously go in some sort of toolkit, which go toward constructing something, and now people have become more expansive in their need to literally a big blueprint, the notion of an entire structure. All the while, they haven't articulated what it is they're building. 
there was no, so what are you actually trying to do here? What's the goal? Right, right. So as we go, as we go through some of these reactions that we've had, um, you know, Ari and I are thinking that this is a, yet another invitation for you as a listener to put yourself in the position of Ari's coffee partner, uh, who was making a very genuine uh, request, lit- literally putting it at Ari's feet as the people are who ask me to come and help deliver some tools. Uh, they are very open. They are recognizing that something needs to be different, and they both want to build it. Our responsibility, our, I think, obligation, especially these days, is not to only point out to them that we need a bit of the what, but why are you building it? Why do you need to build a house? Or why do you need to build anything? What is its purpose? Is there an example in your life um, where you are clear on the why and the what? And how does having clarity, let's say you know, you're doing the work, how does having clarity as to the what and the why uh, affect things for you? Yeah, there's one example that pops in my head immediately, and I love this one because it boils down to something so simple. This person who I was coaching was talking about these time management issues they were having, about how they just felt they didn't have enough hours in the day, they were so busy, and as a result, they were doing a terrible job of keeping in touch with their friends and their family members, and really anyone that they cared a lot about. And they were lamenting to me just all about how how much of a problem that was and how they really just felt so guilty because they weren't holding up their end of the friendship bargain or of the family member bargain. And I thought of a question that you and I often ask, which is, okay, let's say you fixed it. What good could come from that? I love that question. What good could come? Uh, and so this this person said, well... I would have much stronger relationships with my friends and family. Uh, I would know more about what's going on in their lives. That's an incredible why. Have a stronger relationship with with someone and and be more involved in their, their lives. So then I asked after that, okay, we know what good can come from that. Now we can figure out the what. If you wanted to know more about someone's day to day, what could you do? The answer becomes a lot clearer when you when you navigate towards it in that way, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's almost too obvious, right? Oh, well, I could just be really deliberate about when I'm going to call them. Right. Going from this place of feeling overwhelmed and feeling like there aren't enough hours in the day and like you're slammed and so busy to just saying, you know what? Every day, I'm going to pick one person that I'm going to text and check in on. Yep. We have a really clear what. But the only reason we got to that what was because we figured out the why first and we didn't just leave ourselves sitting in the problem itself. Exactly. Because it is very easy. That's the cool part about problems uh, in seeing things as problems is they are very um, enveloping. They're very, it's almost like a, a, a security blanket because you are, are safe inside um, uh, thinking that way. And they're very, is the other word I wrote down today was, you know, I, I wrote down stress the word tangible. The challenge with, with 
evoking from people the notion of why uh, is that is an intangible, scary place to go because there's not necessarily something you can so easily point to and either measure or or, or stick inside something, a, a box. So other thoughts on this or questions are well, or anything? I, yeah, I have, I have one more path I want to go down here because you and I talked about it briefly before we hit record. You, you've mentioned how just the act of asking how to, right? How do I do this? Or tell me what to do. Just that in itself is a way of hiding. Correct. Can you, can you explain that a little more? Yeah. yeah. When people uh, ask how to do something, how to have a difficult conversation, if they can ask the question and in essence seem like they don't know, well, at that point, then they don't have to do it. If they do know how to do it, the how basically becomes a stalling mechanism. They don't have to because they don't know. But by the time I play back the steps that are involved in having the most productive, important conversations, I have, like I said, I'll say nine times out of ten, I start to get a different answer. And somebody says, yeah, I know about that. I need to work on that. That, that would be really good. So they're not, they're not blown away by the fact that it's some new insight. It's just hearing it at least opens up their mind. At the heart of it, all they really, really have at the most surface point is, an, is imagery of it not going well. So what they're actually doing is holding off what they think will be a scary ending. And who wants to go at, at scary endings? Very few people. They'd rather hide. Yeah, my, my thought whenever someone asks the how-to is just, well, go on Google, go on Amazon, just type in the words how-to and then fill in the blank. And there are endless, there are endless how-tos out there. And it's not that you shouldn't use these recipes, but uh, I think more often than not, we start lurking for the recipe back to the original point before we've even decided what we're making. Here, here may be the most flippant or smart-ass way to put it. I, I heard somebody say Yeah, I, Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a smart-ass way. Yeah, you, you might know where I'm going with the quote. It's, if it was only about having the information available then everyone would be a billionaire with six-pack abs because it's all out there. It's doing the work. It's taking the risk. It's doing that that does not fit into the how. And that's the hard part. I am not the billionaire, certainly don't have six-pack abs, but I do know that it is dang hard work to do anything worth really doing. Ari, any... What, what, what was your first uh, dialogue podcast like? Oh, it was delightful. Again, a uh, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I'll take that. Really, really enjoyed talking it through with you. Well, thank you. Uh, Ari and I will be back at various moments next year, uh, going at a few more of these topics. I, I have always enjoyed talking with him um, and, and have learned a lot from him. Uh, and uh, I'm going to call, we will be calling on that uh, from each other as we get into next year. Thanks, everybody. And if we don't talk to you, which we probably won't, uh, happy holidays. 
Thanks.